Good evening and shalom, shalom to everyone. Welcome to another another portion of this week um, Torah. The portion for this week is called um, Devarim, which means words or the words. And um, this portion is pretty much um, about the words that Moses speaks to the Israelites by the command of Yahweh, of course. It is 8.01, and um, if you are already tuned in, make sure to let someone know that In One Spirit Miami Church is live now on YouTube with this week's Torah portion. My name is Jenny, and um, we are In One Spirit Miami Church. I will be posting the information here now. In One Spirit Miami Church, we are located in 5921 Northwest 176th Street, unit number six. That's in Hialeah, Florida, 33015. We have service every Saturdays at 11 a.m. We worship from 11 to 11.30, but we actually go live at 11.30 a.m. We have prayer hours, Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. If you are interested and would like to join the prayer hour, you can always send us a message and we'll be glad to share the information with you. And as you can see and know, our Torah portions are every Thursday. We have a different sister and our pastor that shares the portion every week. Amen. Back to the Torah portion. There's the information. Devarim, meaning words. And this portion is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 3, verse 22. The book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 1 through 27. And the book of 1st Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. As we always encourage everyone to go ahead and in your own time, read all the chapters that are covering this portion and try to meditate in the whole, um, just all the books so that way you can understand what um, God is trying to teach better because in one hour we kind of summary the portion and kind of put the key points together so that way we can learn from it, which is the whole point, to learn and see what Yahweh is trying to teach us and what principles he's trying to, to, to teach us so we can live by them and use them even in this time that we're living in now because every Torah portion applies to today. If you read the portion, all the chapters and the verses, and you truly meditate on it, you will come to that conclusion that there's nothing new. Amen? Okay, it is 8.04 now. I hope you already told everyone that we're alive or you're sharing the teaching already. And um, we are going to begin by praying and presenting this hour to the Lord so he can be the one taking over and speaking through me. Amen. 
Our Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the for the opportunity to share your word, to to teach your word, just like the name of this portion this week, the Varim. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. It is a it is an honor. It's a pleasure to be able to even speak your word, Lord. Thank you. I humbly present myself to you, Lord. And I ask you to teach me, even as I teach, to show us something new as we read and to help us understand your word the way you left it, the way it is written. Help us to truly see what you're trying to teach us and help us to not just hear it, but do it and apply it to our lives, Lord. Without your help, it is, I won't say almost impossible, it is impossible without you. So we ask for your help. I ask you to, to help anyone that will log in or that is logged in now that that might need your help that might need some clarification that might need an awakening of what you're trying to teach us with your Torah Lord help us to to understand Lord help us to give us the 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 wisdom give us your wisdom the wisdom that we need give us your understanding Lord and help us through this whole hour to be able to listen to your word and and apply it understand it and and truly see what the principles are that we should be applying to our lives i personally ask you to help me as you know in english it's more difficult for me but i am willing to to teach your word however you want to use me lord it is not about me, but your word being taught out there, Lord. I thank you. I personally thank you. And I give you all the glory and all the honor. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Allah. And as I was saying earlier, this portion, this parasha, is called Devarim, which means words. And it is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 3, verse 22. It is on the screen as well. The book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 1 through 27. And the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. As I always tell you guys, I will try to cover as much as I can. And... Um, there's a lot of information here, especially just with the definition of some of the names of the mountains and even the the numbers used here. I do have to ask you all to bear with me, be patient with me, because there are some names here of some regions and some mountains that I need to read that are a little difficult, <laughs> but I will do my best. And um, we will point out some of them just because the meaning has a lot to do with what Yahweh is trying to do um, in this process of Moses um, speaking to the Israelites. Amen. Another thing that I wanted to point it out before I start is that this, this portion is pretty much um, Moses commanding the Israelites to leave the mountain Horeb. But... I need you all to keep in mind that 
whatever Moses is doing here, whatever he's speaking to the Israelites or whatever instructions he's giving the Israelites are all commanded by Yahweh first. Yahweh is commanding Moses to take on this task. Amen. Always keep that in mind. This is not, these are not the commands or instructions of Moses. They are from Yahweh himself. He's using Moses to lead them. Amen. Amen. And we will start reading in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out is that this is the last book actually of the five first books. Okay. So in this book is pretty much a repetition of a lot of things. Um, I, I believe one of I read and I remember that one of the definition of Deuteronomy also means repetition. So um, I think I believe in this book, this the the portions that are coming out of these books are pretty much Yahweh reminding us and repeating things to us so we don't forget, which is something that we can easily do if we can be honest. So this portion it's about Moses, you know, he begins his final words of instructions to the children of Israel, to the Israelites, by focusing first on recounting their physical journey. We will see how they will have a journey in the wilderness. Also, Moses sees or reviews the reactions of the people. Um the negative reports of the spies and also he takes on the appointment of Joshua to succeed him also a this portion will be about the importance of trusting God in his leading trusting God when he sends regardless of what we see or what we cannot understand at the moment because sometimes we look at we're trying to see the big picture ahead of time and that can lead us to fall into unbelief because sometimes we cannot understand certain things the way God does and that's why we can't get ahead of ourselves remember he 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 sees before us he he knows what we need and and what we're going to go through before we even encounter anything so this portion is going to teach us that or remind us that that when he leads or he sends you know we must just follow and just trust him fully amen so let's go ahead and start reading the holy word of god and as i said i'm going to start reading deuteronomy chapter one and we're going to read from one to from one to eight, and then we're gonna stop and meditate on that. Remember that to be patient with me when it comes to this name, <laughs> amen. And the word of God says, these are the words, Devarim, Moses spoke to all Israel in the desert east of the Jordan. That is in the Harabah, opposite sub between Paran and Tophel. Laban 
has zero and this is a half. Verse two, we're gonna meditate on verse two now, just because it caught my attention that verse two is actually in parentheses. And when I see that in the word now, I learned that there, there must be a reason why. So verse two, if, if you have your Bibles, my Bible, it's in parentheses. And it says, it takes 11 days to go from Hore to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. We're going to stop there. I will read it again. It takes 11 days to go from Hore to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. That is verse 2. Now, I stopped and I asked, why is this verse in parentheses? What is so important about it? Remember that. In the number 11, in the name Horeb and Kadesh Barnea and Mount Seir, in that verse that's actually in parentheses there is pretty much the description or a summary of what would take place from thereafter. So amazing, exactly what the Israelites will go through from that verse on. So first, let's see why 11 days. We know the importance of the numbers when it comes to reading the word. And the number 11 is actually associated with spiritual awakening, which is what will Yahweh will try to do with the Israelites during this chapter. It is associated with progression of life. It is associated with justice and fulfillment. Exactly what's going to take place. And the mountain Horeb. Horeb is where the 10 words, the Barim, were given to Moses by Yahweh. And Kadesh Barnea means oasis. And you know what oasis is. Oasis is a fertile spot in the desert where water is found. Hallelujah. And that is exactly what the Israelites will encounter. They will be in the desert, but they will not lack anything because Yahweh will provide exactly what they need, even though they didn't see it or they were ungrateful for it. He was still faithful. Amen. And also, Kadesh, the Hebrew meaning for that word Kadesh means holiness. That word is similar to the word Kadosh, which is sacred. And I found that very amazing and just very powerful to see that exactly what the Israelites were going to encounter from that verse on is actually described or summarized in that verse two that it's in parentheses there just by going into the meaning of the number 11 because 
it says that it takes 11 days to go from Horeb, the meaning of Horeb, to the meaning of Kadesh Barnea. And we will continue reading on verse 3. It says, In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him commanded him concerning them all that the lord had commanded him concerning them there it is we have we must keep in mind that the lord at all time was the one commanding moses into whatever he had to say to the israelites okay now it says in verse 3 in the 40th year why the 40th year we all know and if you don't know we can learn now that the number 40 is so significant when it comes to 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 scriptures when it comes to the kingdom when it comes to god and i mean i just looked up a few things and as you read and do some research on the importance of that number you will end up with a whole page just with great things about that number but i'm just going to share a few things with you guys just so we can understand why god is using these numbers in this portion so verse 3 says in the 40th year on the first day of the 11th month okay so number 40 is used by god to represent a period of testing and judgment and you will see that that's what's going to take place here okay it is also associated with a fresh start okay the number 40 remember Joshua himself fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and it wasn't until after that that he was able to defeat the enemy it was after that that he was that he went that he went through the the greatest to not say to not say the worst temptation that anyone went through he had to encounter the devil himself but he overcame he was able to defeat the enemy by what Levarim, the words the word of yahweh amen so the number 40 has i mean is is it's just amazing to see how God in just those two verses, just with the numbers and those names, he describes everything that's going to take place from that point on. The number 40, when I was reading, I thought it was important to share. It, 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 I was actually amazed to, to read that. That the number 40 is the only number in English whose letters appear in alphabetical order. Okay? talk about God himself okay so that is why it was in the 40th year and that is why it took 11 days and that is why from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea okay let's continue on reading to verse well let's let's read through you again because it's supposed to continue in the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites 
all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after he had defeated Sihon king of the Amorites, who reigned in the Heshbon and Edri, had defeated all king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. Thank you, Lord. Verse 5. East of the Jordan, in the territory of Moab, Moses began to expound this law, saying, it's, a, it's, it's amazing how it says that he began to expound this law. And as we read, there are really going to be instructions. Okay? Key point. This law saying, verse 6, The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. Imagine that, the Amorites. If you do not know who the Amorites are, just be okay by knowing that they're enemies to the Israelites. And these people are well known for worshiping other idols, for their evil inclination, okay? So listen to where Yahweh is sending these people, okay? After defeated, okay. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites. If you think about it, why didn't God send them somewhere where they didn't have to be tempted, where they didn't have to encounter um, possible ways of turning their back on him, where they didn't have to be around people that actually didn't trust him or follow his ways? Why he sent them there? Remember the definition of number 11? Remember the definition of number 40? Remember that Kadesh Barnea means oasis, okay? So whatever they were going to go through, and Kadesh also means holiness. So all this, God was going to place them in a place where all this had to be in their hearts. Okay, pretty much you can say that they had to be in a place where they had to set themselves apart because there were other people that were not like them or at least the way God intended them to be. Okay, go to all the neighboring people in the Arabah. Arabah, it's a place of desolation, okay, loneliness. In the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Neve, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, into Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Ephrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Okay. Now, we see the instructions that the Lord gave Moses and he's following and speaking these words to the Israelites. Now, 
I can imagine that the Israelites, first of all, thinking, why do we have to be here with these people? Okay? And I even asked myself that question. I said, Lord, if you knew these people were not going to be so obedient to you, imagine putting them in a place where there was even more people of disobedience there. Talk about testing his people, okay? Testing their hearts and see if they truly trusted him. And that can be us today. God will put a, put us in places or allow us to be in places where you have the option to either shine your light or be as dark as they are. And that's a, that's a testing for us. I'm sure that's God testing our hearts to see where we at. Because if we're always around the people that are shining their lights constantly, there's no difference. I mean, how do we prove or show God that that's where our heart is? But when we have to be placed in a place where you know that you have to set yourself apart. That's when we're being tested. And that's where God wants to see where we're at. And I believe that's exactly what he was doing with his people, with the Israelites. You see how we get the same, pretty much the same treatment and, and, and testing as the Israelites we get in our days that is the importance of understanding that we are part of israel we are part of his people we are what he's coming for that one church that he's coming for that's why when we read these portions and when we 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 observe the torah it's it's not about changing our belief it's about getting into our true identity so that way we can identify ourselves with his people, with what he wants us to do, how he wants us to walk and what he wants us to follow. Because every time I read the instructions that he gives Moses to his people, I take it for myself. If if we believe and understand and, and, and hold on to that identity now, we must understand that he's speaking to us. Amen? Let's continue reading. Verse 9, we are still in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. We are going to verse 9 where it is titled, The Appointment of Leaders. And it says, At that time I said to you, You are too heavy a burden for me to carry along. The Lord your God has increased your numbers so that today you are as many as the stars in the sky. That's a lot. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. But how can I bear your problems and your burdens and your disputes all by myself? Choose some wise understanding and respect the men from each of your tribes and I will set them, set them over you. You answer me. Verse 14, what you propose to do is good. So I took 
the leading men of your tribes, wise and respected men, and appointed them to have authority over you as commanders of thousands of hundreds of fiftieth and of tenth and as tribal officials. And I charge your judge, your judge, your judges at that time. Here, listen to these instructions. Hear the disputes between your brothers and judge fairly, whether the case is between brother Israelites or between one of them and an alien, meaning a stranger, meaning us. Amen. Do not show partiality in judging. Hear both small and great alike. Alike. Do not be afraid of any man, for judgment belongs to God. Bring me any case too hard for you, and I will hear it. And at that time, I told you everything you were to do. Amen. Very important. We're going to go back to verse 15. We see here that Yahweh gave Moses the instructions to go and appoint the leaders. But he was very clear what he said. He didn't say just any leader. Okay? He had to be the wise, the wise and respected men. That caught my attention. Men. And appoint them to have authority over you as commanders of thousands. So men was intended by God to have that position, that leadership of authority. Okay? Sadly, we don't see that now. So if this is something... Any man that's listening, this is something that we're going to apply or grasp from this portion. We must be reminded of that, okay? God intended for men to have that authority, okay? That's why it says that God is the head and he's the head over the men, then follows the wives and the children and so on. Sadly, nowadays, that order is, is just as if it doesn't exist or it's not followed, it's not, or it's taken for granted. Man has forgotten that place that they have, what God intended for them to be, the leader that they intended, that he intended for them to be, okay? So we see here how God went to the point of letting Moses know that I mean, just by, if we read verse 17, it says, Do not show partiality in judging. Hear both small and great alike. Okay? Meaning that, I'm sure if out of all the men there, if there was not any willing to follow or do what they were supposed to do, do you think that God will stop his plan because of that? No. And this is a and this is a very important point to touch 
and I, and I'm glad we we are reading this because nowadays there are still people who criticize the fact that we women are teaching the word of God or that we are in leadership or that we do certain things for the kingdom. But God says here, you know, his plan is going to go on. The question is, who is willing to take on the task and the duty? Okay? We understand and know that Elohim has established for men to be leader, judges, to have authority. Today, we don't see that much, sadly. Okay? If anything, we see more women teaching the word in leadership, even judges. Okay? If if we want to take it out to the to that system. So we are in the time of judges. We are in that time. That's why we are women that that's why God is lifting up women to do the teaching to to be in leadership not to take the place of a man but women are willing to be there for the duties of the kingdom and i'm sure elohim will not take size it says on here to judge fairly to not take partiality in judging to hear both small and great alike. Okay? We see that when Elohim God decided that there was not men or enough men willing or available to stand up as leaders or teachers and and be there for that those duties. Can we say that then he just decided to rise up women? That had a willing heart to do the job. Just like he did with Deborah. She's the perfect example. In the book of Judges actually. Chapter 4 verse 4. So yes we are. It, it is okay for us to. To teach his word. To be in leadership. Is the man supposed to do it as well? Of course. That is the idea. I'm sure God would love to see more men rise up and and stand up in that identity that, that God already established for them as leaders and, and have that authority over their home when it comes to prayers, when it comes to teaching even their kids, when it comes to covering them, when it comes to be the head, of course, always below God. So yes, we can do it. And I praise God for that. I praise God for the instructions of being fair with all of us. Amen. Let's continue on with chapter 19. We're still in Deuteronomy 1, chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 19. And this is titled, Spice sent out then as the lord our god commanded us we set out from horeb and went toward the hill country of the amorites 
through all that vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And so we reached Kadesh Barnea. Then I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your fathers, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And that word, discouraged, I have it underlined it because another definition that I found of that number 40 is also encouragement. It says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Verse 22, then all of you came to me and said, let us send men ahead to spite out the land for us and bring back a man and bring back a report about the route we are to take in the towns we will come to. The idea seemed good to me. So I selected 12 of you, one man from each tribe. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Escol and exploded it. Taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and reported, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. That is all great. These are the ones, the spies that came back with, it said, the word says a good report, but it is actually not just a good report. They came back with the goodness of God. They came back with a glimpse of the mercy of God, what they were going to encounter, what they had ahead of them. He allowed them to see that. But let's see what happens now in verse 26. Because they can be very rebellious. And they did. Very much so. And that's where the unbelief comes in. The lack of trust in the Lord. Amen. I Sometimes I, I ask myself. These people were really, really, really hard headed. And then. The conviction comes to me and, and, and asks, were you there or are you there? You know, the mercy of God is great. Verse 26 said, but you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You crumbled in your tent and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt. Something that they forgot, obviously, before your very eyes. 
and in the desert. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you, as a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached these places. Verse 32. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God. You went ahead of you, there it is, on your journey in fire, who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in cloud by day, to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. When the Lord heard that you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, Now, no, not a man of this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your forefathers, except Caleb, son of Jununeth. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants the land he set his feet on, and we're going to see why. He continues by saying, Because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. That was it. That was the reason why he was able. That was he was the exception. That's why he was the exception. And that's why the Lord said that he, that he will give, give it to him and his descendants. And the only reason was because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. As simple as that. Be, verse 37. Because of you, the Lord became angry with me also and said, You shall not enter it either. Imagine that. Here is Moses 14. He's just speaking to them the words that the lord is instructing him to and now he's in this into this problem because of their rebellious ways because of their unbelief and lack of trust in the lord now what can we learn from these verses that we just read we just read how despite everything that the lord has promised them He's pretty much letting them know that he's ahead of them, that he's with them. We see how they crumble, they murmur, they didn't trust the Lord. Okay, they got ahead of themselves in their journey. Something that if we can be honest, we can do today. And getting ahead of ourselves can lead us into some problems. Getting ahead of ourselves can lead us into our own desires. We can start with what the Lord said to do and in the journey decide to get ahead of ourselves, which just like the Israelites. And if you guys continue reading the portion, you will see what the consequences are and what will happen. They actually made it longer just like we do sometimes we make our our journey longer than what it should be because they ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years there's the number 40 again 
But remember that the reason why they ended up wandering the desert for 40 years is because as we just read, the number 40 represents not just judgment, but also fresh start. Okay? Encouragement. So they needed to go through those 40 years. But the question is, if they were not so rebellious and had such unbelief and trust in the Lord, could it have been shorter? That's the question that even us today should ask ourselves. When we think back, when we look back and reflect on our ways and the things that we've been through and that we've gone through, it took me to think about it. I don't know if any of you, but it, you can reflect on that and say, wait a minute, Lord, when I did this and that and this this way, I wonder if I had listened to do it in your ways, maybe I would not gotten through all the things that I went through. Maybe I would just cry for three days instead of 40. Or maybe I will be in pain for two days instead of 40. So it's, it, it is something that, that is what's so amazing about this Torah portion, that it actually makes you reflect even today on what the Lord was um, putting the Israelites through at that time. And that's how you know that we just, we are all his people. Especially if we know in our hearts who we are. As part of Israel, we are all his his precious um, church that he's coming for. Something that that's important to know and, and understand, especially with this portion that it's called Devarim, words, is that the unbelief, it's actually... The opposite of his words because there is nothing but encouragement there is nothing but hope there is nothing but conviction there is nothing but discipline there is nothing but mercy found in his words so when we decide to go against that and feel the opposite we are actually going against his word that's pretty much what the unbelief is okay and as you read on about the spies we know that out of the 12 10 out of the 12 10 out of the 12 did not believe just imagine that just picture us today. <coughs> Excuse me. We can be 20 of us going through our own desert, through our own journey, through our own test that the Lord puts us through. And sadly, in the body of Christ, very few remain and very few are willing to truly trust the Lord. And when I say very few, it's because trusting the Lord is not just saying I trust the Lord. Trusting the Lord is 
going to the point of even making the changes in your life, that can be drastic. Making the changes in your life that others might look at you like you're either crazy or you don't know what you're doing. But you're so wholeheartedly just trusting the Lord in what He's in His leading, what He's teaching, that you don't you don't look to your left or your right. You just focused on where the Lord is taking you. That is trusting the Lord. Knowing that you're making changes that might leave you in a place where you're alone. That might take away things that you thought were there for you for, for good. But you remain steadfast. You remain trusting there. Despite anything that goes away because of your decision. That is trusting the Lord. Knowing that the things that you were doing before, the Lord showed you that it are not His way, and now He's teaching you His ways, and you're willing to follow. Even if before you had a thousand, and now you have to follow with just two, three, or four, that is trusting the Lord. Just picture the Israelites here. They were good up until the point where they knew they were going to be placed in a place where they were more focused on the things that they were seeing than what God had promised. And that's the mistake that we cannot make or ask the Lord to help us to be able to see and not fall into that because it can happen to any of us. That is something that we must understand as well. Now, when it comes to the promised land, when I was reading this portion, I came to this conclusion by the reading of the word, of course, not my opinion. What is the promised land today? Where is the promised land today? What is the name of the promised land today? Isn't it Israel? So when we say that we're doing our best to make it to the promised land, do you know that you're actually saying that you're doing your best to make it to Israel? But then again, if you don't believe you're a part of Israel, then there's a conflict in there. So that is why we are part of Israel. That is why we are one. That is why eventually we will be that one church that is coming for. Why isn't it God coming for two, three different, four, five different churches since we're not part of it? Why the word says that he's coming for one? Obviously, we must eventually be one with him. And how can we do that when we fall into the belief of thinking that Israel is one thing and we are another. That is something to think about. Okay? There is no way that the promises of God and the plan of God for all of us as one church can come to pass or even be established without God himself, which we know that Yahweh 
which we know that Yeshua and God are two in one, there is no way that he can carry out his plan without him, without his people, Israel, us, without the Torah, the instructions that we need, and without the promised land. Okay? God cannot promise without his people. He cannot promise. He cannot instruct. He cannot lead without instructions, which is the Torah. If he promises, who is he promising to? His people, us, one. If he leads, what is he using to lead? His instructions, his Torah. Okay? And where is he leading us to? One place, one promised land. If you believe and understand that you're a part of that. And if you say that that's where you're going, that that's where you're striving to, to go to, to eventually make it to, remember that when we get there, by the grace of God, which is our hope in Yeshua, when we make it there, remember that you will be one with Israel. We will be one. So we, without knowing, when we fall into that unbelief of not following the Torah, the instructions of God, and His appointed times and, and commandments and statutes, we fall, we, I don't think we understand or see the fact that we are contradicting ourselves because we want to make it to a promised land we want to be that one church but in order for us to do that who are we going to be one with who is it coming for it's just one one church so we are just that one Israel that promised land that we are trying to to get to it's as simple as that and i know it sounds very easy to understand but just by the reading of his devarim of his words trust me that you will come to that understanding and i pray that the lord would would put that in your heart to to read his word to read it from beginning to end because just like i said there is no promise without his people. There is no leading to a promised land without his instructions, his Torah. So they all complement each other. We need that one story to be able to understand who we are, where we're going, and who we're going to be with. And that is the whole Bible, the whole book from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. Very important to understand that. Nothing has been done away with. Otherwise, his plan and his promises will be pretty much done away with. And we know that God doesn't think like us. He doesn't change his mind. What he said from the beginning to the end is exactly what's going to happen. And until we understand that, I believe we will walk in confusion until we get to that identity that we need to put in our heads and our hearts and understand and, and grasp it and, and just take it as our 
as we take our own names now. Know, knowing who we are will help us understand the Word of God. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, we see here, we read here, what the unbelief, what the lack of trust in the Lord and His leading and following His ways can do to us. Just like it did to the Israelites. I'm going to close by reading 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 7. Just because it comes in handy for all of us today. And so you and I and all that connect can see and understand that the Torah always takes us to the other part of the Bible because one thing leads to the other. In order for us to understand it, it has to be read that way. That is why I praise God for teaching us his Torah, for, for taking us there. Because now, after many, many years, is that we can actually understand, or I can actually understand and, and see what, what where God is coming from when it comes to everything that I was reading from the book of Matthew on. I feel like I'm reading that all over again because by going back to the beginning is that I can actually understand it now. And I truly praise God for that. And I pray that that soon can happen to anyone that's that's not there yet. Amen. So let's go to 1 Timothy. We're going to read chapter 3. Verses 1 through 7. Okay. Bear with me. There we go. Chapter 3, we're going to read 1 through 7. Okay, let's read from here. And this is titled, Godliness in the Last Days, which are the days that we are now. Because I hope you understand that we're in the last days. Amen. And he says, But mark this. So mark this in your head that we're going to read now. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, consider lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness, listen to this, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. 
have nothing to do with them. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. How can we break that down? How can we understand that? You can... Help me, Lord. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. How can you even have a form of godliness and not walk in the power it has? Does that even make any sense? It might not make any sense to us. But there's a huge... I mean, all that alone, just that verse alone, points to what we truly need to be meditating on and what we truly need to be listening to and what we as leaders and those that are pastors really should be teaching, which is the truth of God. Which is His whole... His whole word from beginning to end. Because it doesn't make us any more holy or godly to fall into an ununderstanding based on certain books of the Bible because that's what we want to believe or that's what we want to think it's what the, the word of God is. What truly makes us make us godly is to meditate in his whole word so that way we are able to walk it and strive to that godliness. One thing that is very clear now that I understand even more now is that it is very hard to strive and try to walk in the holiness and the godliness and the righteousness that the God wants us to walk in without his instructions. There's no way. That is why before I will read the word, but still then go about my my business and I still believe and praise God that you know even then I try to do my best but there is nothing more powerful than knowing and reading and understanding and following his instructions that it's only found in the Torah that's what can lead us and help us to walk in that godliness and holiness. Because the instructions are there to guide us. How can we say we are doing it without instructions? We are pretty much lost. We are fooling our own selves. That's why it says, but denying its power. That power, it's only found in his instructions. Please meditate on that. And I'm going to close with that. And I thank you for tuning in, for logging in, for sharing the teaching, for 
staying during this hour. And as always, I encourage you to continue reading the whole portion. Continue reading. Go to the book of Isaiah. Go to the book of First Timothy. Go back there. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Read all the way to chapter 3. You will be amazed to see how what God instructed Moses to speak to the Israelites and the instructions that he gave them to lead them to the promised land is actually still good for us today. Things that we should follow. That this portion will teach you how to trust the Lord in his leading, regardless of what you see, regardless of the Amorites, regardless of those around you that want to do the opposite. Take the challenge to be that one person that is able to be set apart in the midst of just like we are in this world now. Don't we have to daily pretty much set ourselves apart? But we are in it. We, even though we're in it, we're not part of it, the word says. Just like when he placed the Israelites with the Amorites. Those were his people. He knew they were not part of them. But he was testing them, their trust, just like he does with us today. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your levarin. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your instructions, Lord. Thank you for your love, for your mercy. Thank you for, for leading us in the right path, Lord. Help us, help us, help us, help us daily, Lord, to renew our minds, to... To be reminded of our identity. Help us to, to trust you in each way. To trust you in everything, Lord. To trust, to trust you even in the midst of the things that we have to encounter daily in this fallen world, Lord. Remind us, Lord, daily that even though we're here, we're not part of this world, Lord. Just like the Israelites. You, you give us all the same instructions. You, you desire for all of us to, to be set apart for you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for revealing that to us, Abba. Thank you for, for making us part of that one church that you're coming for, Lord. Help us to, to not fall, Lord. Help us to, to be able to, to have the enemy flee whenever he tries with us, Lord. Thank you, Abba. Thank you for this hour. Thank you for those that connected. Thank you for the clarification in their minds, in my mind. Thank you for, for your understanding, for your wisdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Good night.